Hello and welcome back to Young Nostalgia. I'm Nolan. Beside me is Ben, your host for today. And thanks so much for supporting us all the way up through our Milestone Episode 7 coming your way. Today we'll be talking about radio, the huge impact that it's had on Ben and I, and um, pretty much the milestones and influential times through radio and kind of where it is today. But first, we'd like to take a couple steps back and talk to you guys about how important it is to us and this show for you to rate, subscribe, and share with all your friends. Um, you know, being a part of this show, Ben and I really love the nostalgia and the retro aspect of pop culture, where it got to us today and how we connect with it. And we love doing this show because we love talking about it, but mainly we want to share our passion with you guys. And like, you know, we want your ideas to make this show just as much as about you as it is about Ben and I, you know, enjoying talking with each other and talking to you guys about what we love. But, you know, it's hard to do that when it's only Ben and I's ideas about the show. We love doing it and we want this show to be about you guys too. So we can't emphasize enough how important it is to rate and subscribe to Young Nostalgia. Right. And in addition to the rating, you know, actually writing an actual review, you know, whether it's, you know, one sentence or a couple lines, like it's, that's huge because that gives you guys a chance to tell us what you like and don't like. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be, you know, great, great show, keep it up, you know, stuff like that. You know, oh, that'd be awesome. To yeah. Hear. But, um, you know, saying something that you don't really like, I mean, that just will help us to improve and we'll look at it and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll think about ways of making the show um, better for everyone um, and just try to make everyone happy. Yeah. And please follow us on Podbean as well as through iTunes and Google Play. And you can find us on Podbean, youngnostalgia.podbean.com. Subscribe and also comment and rate on there as well. And iTunes is huge and influential in the podcast world. Please rate us so we can get some accumulation of ratings. We understand where um, the show should go. And also please email us any um, anything that you love, you want to hear more of, or things that you want us to improve on at youngnostalgia2017 at gmail.com. I know. Well, we, we don't want to talk about it too much. That's not what this podcast is about. But we just really want to say what it really means to us to rate, subscribe, and share the show with everyone that you know that might enjoy it. So, right. All right. So diving in today, Ben and I are super stoked. Um, you know, being part of the podcast world isn't exactly radio, but it's part of the same lines and um, and, it's and kind radio of the next generation. It is, and and we'll talk more about that at the end of our show, where we talk about where radio is today, um, and, and and where we see it kind of going. Um, but but today we're, we're going to start from ground up, talking about like the early stages of radio, and you know we were doing show prep, and and this thing is is huge. Like we can't even tell you how much stuff radio is influential and what happened in radio, and today is just like kind of a basis of radio communication in in the connection that it has with people we can dive more in and other episodes but radio is is influential in in communication and all that Mm -hmm. so um we're going to start off with our love for radio so ben we both have long histories of of what we connected with radio back then and i guess just kind of say what is your love for radio and what makes you want to do this with me well i have i've been around uh radio well uh, not working in radio obviously around radio listening to radio um for for a long time since i was a little kid uh that's what my dad would always be listening to in the garage i used to spend a lot of time outside or um around the garage or in the garage and so that's where i that's where i kind of got my first experience in it um listening to mostly am radio uh talk kind of stuff and as i got older uh uh middle school high school when i was spending more time in the garage by myself or you know, doing anything in particular, I was always just out of habit almost. Turn on, turn on the radio, and I'd be listening to my uh, AM radio. 
which is mostly, you know, the stations I would listen to are mostly like a uh, a news talk or political talk, that sort of thing. And I have always thought it would be awesome. That would have been such a cool career, you know, to be a a radio host, host of a show, you know, a three-hour normal show. Mm -hmm. And I've always thought that that would be pretty awesome to do. And, you know, it's not, it's not easy to get into that yeah. really and so that's kind of why i have so much fun with the podcasting because <laughs> it's kind of the it's the next best thing really other than having a you know a dedicated career in communications and radio yeah um what about you all right so for me um that was an awesome point where you're talking about the garage and stuff and i can and i can also relate to that especially when it comes to your dad because my dad was a huge influence on me for radio and i feel like a lot of people can can, can connect with that whole thing where their exposure to radio and, and what it was was a lot through primary parent and like you know like who you hung out with a lot who took you to, to daycare or things like that and mm-hmm. like the kind of music in, in either talk radio or whatever that you're subjected to and my dad and I used to jam out to you know classic rock all the time that's all I knew when I was growing up when I was in the car um, going anywhere and I think it even grew from there because he would drive me around doing my paper out every now and then. <laughs> so, that, you know, we'd be jamming out to, you know, Dire Straits and Def Leppard and all the other guys that we've talked about and that we love. And, and that's really what um, got me into it. And then coming here to college, um, being subjected to WNB 94.9 FM here on the college radio at ONU really just skyrocketed my love for radio um, and, and the connection that you have with the audience. I've had people call in and they and they, they knew me by DJ Skip and they'd, and they'd say, <laughs> hey, um, and then they'd, I had this... Uh, Vietnam War vet that would always request certain songs that remind him of the war um, and things that he lived through and it and just being able to connect with an audience like that really um, just solidifies your love for um, the art that is radio and now obviously being my best friend um, Ben here like having you on the podcast with me and staying in touch like this is a Mm -hmm. lot of fun because you've had a huge influence on me through you know talk shows through podcasts and stuff like that and really fueled the the fire that got us here today Mm -hmm. Um, so I really thank you for that as well yeah no problem it's kind of (laughs) gone both ways we I mean we share podcasts with each other all the time oh yeah you know check this out listen to this or you know, even if it's one episode or something like that, mm-hmm. it's really interesting. You should listen to this. <laughs> Come so. barge in the door like, dude, did you listen to today's episode? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So let's talk about just radio in general. Um, I know you found this quick little um, tidbit. And so we found a lot of this information on um, LiveVest. Uh, Life Vest or something something like that online, where it's like the top 10 influential probably, probably radio moments. That oh, that's okay. We'll, we'll give them a, a, sh- a small shout out. It, honestly, we're not that big. They're not going to be coming after us. Something but, about Vest. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was like some type of um, really big blog thing where these guys like do a lot of research and they write on their own time and everything. Yeah. Anyway, but- well, thanks for that. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> um, you found this little tidbit about where radio actually started. So kind of talk to us about this and let's um, dive right in. Well, I found that uh, beginning of the 20th century, really, really early, um, the Slobby Arco wireless system was developed by two guys named Adolf Slobby and George Ron Arco. Um, Then in 1900, uh, there was a guy named Reginald Fessenden who made a weak, uh, the first weak transmission. Um, And then in 1901, Marconi uh, conducted the first successful transatlantic radio communications and mm-hmm. from what, looking further into that it, it it wasn't necessarily a a broadcast really it was more of like hey if we send this can we see it yeah it on was the other end? it was more of like influential when morris code came around where yeah. it was like is the connection and the be able to um 
communicate with another end that's not right next to you. Right. Um, and that's why it's like influential for trans Atlantic experimental radio because yeah. they could just say hello, you know, wait two minutes and then like hello on the other end and they'll hear it. Um, yeah, and and that well, that's that's you know a point to make on this too is it it was by no means voice, you know, in 1901. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that was that was uh, it was more of just hey let's send a signal in general. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> static and or it was, whatever it, it was. It was interesting that you talked about Marconi because we talked about the Marconi company later and how they were influential in the 1920s right. with actually doing transatlantic broadcasting. Yeah, with the BBC. Yep. So we'll we'll, we'll get more into that mm-hmm. as well. Um, so so really radio. I feel like is is um, one of the most personal connections that you can really have with an audience because voice is the most simple form of communication that people understand and connect with, mm-hmm. um, and and being able to just talk to people and and understand what they're saying is very like emotional and connecting. Mm-hmm. Um, so like initially, radio was only used for communication at sea, right? Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, between other, oh, I guess you you had to be fairly close. To- to land at this time still and uh, other vessels around whether it was uh communication talking about uh, identifying each other or um distress signals that sort of thing mm-hmm. um kind of think of it as like closed circuit radio when it comes to truckers or whatever as well yeah almost yep yeah it was it was it was, I, it was still pretty short range you're not you know broadcasting all the way to you know land you know? <laughs> um you're not pulling into port in England and, you know, sending back to New York like, hey, we made it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it wasn't anything like that. It was still fairly local. Um, and then this, it kind of moved forward into World War One, um, and it had been around, but it really became, uh, it was obvious how advantageous it was uh, for the war effort. There was communication, um, once again, between ships, um, they could, you know, especially uh, not in the line of sight, mm-hmm. um, which is huge, uh, used on land for communications, you know, if you can't get somewhere to lay lines down or something like that. Um, you did, I mean, there was obvious problems of being able to pick up um, transmissions from other sides, you know, during the war. Um, but it was, it, it really, the technology really advanced as well because they, uh, they saw the, huge potential that this technology has and that they, you know, they started pushing it forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was president Wilson's, uh, the 14 points he sent to Germany. Um, that was sent by radio, which is pretty interesting. Okay. Um, let's talk about the 14 points a little bit. Do you know what they were? I exactly? don't know that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, okay. I, no, I, well, anyway. I, I, when you said that, I was really hoping that I would you ask had, you. You would. I was hoping that you would provide oh. the points. I was like, no, I don't know them. Please tell us. <laughs> I'm guessing. I'm guessing what the points were was um, more about like the after effects of what the war was. What the war was. So it was like, all right, here's the points of what the war signified and where it's going to go in the future. I guess maybe. Uh, who knows? Gosh, we should have looked at that. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> and then um, public broadcast really surged over World War One because of Wilson's 14 points going into Germany um, and pretty much saying, I think, I, I almost want to say the Wilson's 14 points were the kind of thing of these are um, the sanctions or, or the way that Germany needs to act from now on after World War One. Right. You know, because that's what I'm guessing. Yeah. If there was broadcasted over Germany and really like, 
this is where broadcasting became influential, especially when it became public broadcast surge after World War One. It was because broadcast was relaying information. It was um, right. it was telling people over you know radio to be on the same page, and this is what we expect, or this is what we you know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's where that's kind of good. Data exactly. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, and was, that was not only the public broadcast. That was you know after that it was seen as this new way to communicate Mm -hmm. and people saw that and you know those stations started popping up people started uh the radios in homes started to become uh more prevalent um and that was turned into a a major major news source Mm -hmm. just current events in general Mm -hmm. like it was the connection a one-way connection to the outside world well, the radio itself was actually like, if you think of the centerpiece now as the television, yeah. radio was the centerpiece where, you know, during the during the evening or whatever, people would gather around and they'd yeah. listen to broadcasts um, and, and things like that. And, and then advertising was huge too there. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, before the transistor radios, they were gigantic. Mm-hmm. These big radios, there's a big... You know, Almost like phonographs where they were... Yeah, like, there was just a big console that was, you know, their fancy ornate wood, mm-hmm. um, nice mesh... Uh, pattern mesh over the speakers it, you know looks they look phenomenal um but it was you know it also kind of added to the the center of the room exactly and people kind just of had to around be, it. yeah it was yeah. All, it was and also you know uh socially as well that's where everyone sat around the radio so all right, so talking about the history a little bit. So we did talk about the Marconi company where they kind of were huge in beginning radio transmissions. So in 1922, which is you know shortly after World War One, Marconi set up the broadcast station in London, which later became um, BBC. Right. As, as they took year. them over. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And they really started the whole international broadcasts and national broadcasts within London and Britain. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then it, w- it was shortly after that. Um, I don't... It, I don't know if it was to you know this particular BBC station, but it was 1925, the first international broadcast received uh, by Britain. It was it was from uh, Pittsburgh's KDKA to Britain, and it was rebroadcasted there. And mm-hmm. so it was it was at, well, I guess it was the first international rebroadcast yeah. of a whatever station was playing. Yeah. Um, so I think I think they just picked up the waves after the broadcast was done. Right. Send right. it over, and they rebroadcast it, yeah. which is. But I mean, that was huge as far as distance, mm-hmm. as well as you know, it's, it's not, original, um, data and news from that area. I mean, mm-hmm. you're taking some from all the way across the world, and you're rebroadcasting out to the surrounding area, which is that's pretty interesting. That's yeah, huge. And that really just kicked off the whole broadcasting spectrum because i mean if you can go across the atlantic and broadcast over the like over the lake <laughs> yeah you can i mean broadcasting just skyrocketed updated more technology for broadcasting for radios people to get involved and hear what is going on in the world mm-hmm. became hugely inf- uh, influential right so from there we'd like to talk about some really big impacts that radio has had um we did talk about how connecting with people and stuff radio is great for because the voice the connection the the close interaction what voice stands for Mm -hmm. um so let's talk about a little bit um about the big big names the big times that radio held throughout the 20th century right so first on our list is we have um fdr's fireside chats um it was a collection of about 30 or so um addresses to the public between uh, 1933 and 1944 mm-hmm. um, and it was a way to you know, it wasn't a, a formal speech or anything like that it was 
an informal, casual, uh, well, chat. I, I guess I couldn't think of any other word besides yeah. chat. Yeah. Um, between the president and the public, which is that wasn't really a thing before yeah. that, and um, it was all the, really the only thing you hear out from the president. It was either news stories in the newspaper, or it was uh, speeches. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're at the speech or, um, well, I guess at this time. You know, there had been radio broadcasting of speeches, too. Yeah. But, um, it says, like, he tried to structure these chats, these fireside chats, in a way that he would talk to his, his friend from back home right. or something. Yeah. Things to really connect with the American people that people can understand. Um, and, and really, these fire, fireside chats really came about because of the crisis of America at that time. We had the, um, you know, the rate, the recession, the banking crisis and all that, um, along with, like, New Deal initiati- initiatives, um and going into World War Two as it was starting. So it was more of just keeping American people on the same page, keeping them calm, and really bringing in their American government into their living rooms that made them feel safe and um, understanding what was going on. Right. It was, it, it, instead of, um, instead of, you know, not seeing what's going on for like a week later, maybe you just missed it. You didn't, you don't get the paper every day or, you know, you've been away or something like that. You know, it's, it was a lot more, current of a information stream mm-hmm. so and then uh, what was really cool here is that it was actually the first of 50 recordings by the national recording registry right yeah. so we talked about the national recording um, registry a little bit before before we started recording and really what it is it's like a national organization that takes and preserves recordings audio music um anything that could be influential and really describes the times or, or things that really um, impacted the nation and they preserve them so it's like a it's mm-hmm. like a audio any, library any like socially or economically significant broadcast or i guess it's media in mm-hmm. general now yeah um is is stored in this database isn't like you said before we started uh before we started recording that it was it's just a library of uh audio media mm-hmm. basically and it's awesome. That's really cool to think about. Yeah, and it's very selective mm-hmm. as well. You know, it's not any, you know, we're us sitting here. We're definitely not going in the national recording <laughs> registry. Maybe someday. Maybe someday, because uh, it was it early two thousands. They bumped it up. Just then, they bumped it up to about twenty five per uh, year. I think. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. new, new twenty five new pieces of media per year, um, and it's only up to like four hundred high four hundreds. Yeah. right now. And yeah, so it's. And it's cool, too, because they actually get the American people involved, and you can send in votes mm-hmm. with certain categories like jazz, rock, classical, and all that other stuff. Yeah. And then depending on how that goes and, and what they talk about, they can put in the archives. So yeah. So it's pretty sweet. Yep. Anyway, FDR's fireside chats, everyone knows about it. Everyone hears about it, and it was really influential in the way of, of bringing radio into people's homes and the government on the same page and, and, and really breaking down the jargon that that the government might use yeah, for the people to understand. Yeah, it wasn't a complex speech pattern mm-hmm. or anything like that that would be in a formal speech. It was just simplified. Like you're, it's, it was like you're sitting right across the table talking to someone. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, the feel that he was going for. Yep. All right, man, next on our list. All right, we've got the uh, coverage of the Hindenburg disaster in 1937. Um, we've talked about the Hindenburg on previous shows with the uh, April in history. No, it was actually was May, it in, history. May yep. in history. Yep, yep. May yeah. in history. Sorry. Um, and that was, of course, at the Lakehurst Naval Air Station in New Jersey. Um, and the it was a, a German 
Zeppelin that was coming, bringing passengers from Europe to America. Um, and this, it, it was, there's video footage as well as the recorded audio. Um, I don't really, not commentary, but it was just coverage of the... It was like live news coverage. Yeah, You can yeah. think of it as a, like, you know, when you have people... Um, breaking news. It yeah. was it was kind of like that, and this guy was just kind of narrating what, what it was going on, and, and almost it's almost scary to think how could you be standing there and then just seeing this happen. Yeah, and, and I, while also having the presence of mind to mm-hmm. talk about it. Like, yeah, broadcast it. Like, yeah, holy cow! And I guess that's where they coined the term. Oh well, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that was the the famous term. Oh, the humanity that was uh, from that that broadcast as he's he was just taking in all of what was happening and mm-hmm. that was, that's what the the broadcaster said yeah and i think it really paved the way for live action news coverage um and everything like that too yeah yep so all right what do we got next all right man we got uh i know everyone has ever heard about everyone has heard about this um <laughs> maybe not like listen to it but at least know what it is so, so it's the war of the worlds from um the halloween of 1938 so it was an hour-long broadcast spread wide panic by Orson Welles mm-hmm. as he read it aloud to the sound effects. And a lot of times they were like news snippets of like live coverage of on-the-scene Martian invasion. Yeah. It was because it was it was spoken, you know, by Orson Welles, but it had they had audio segments in it, like mm-hmm. you were saying, that were basically cued, ready to go, and it, to have the effect of it was it, they wanted it to be like it was real. Yeah, it was, a, it was a radio show um, that was popular at that at the time, like was popular mm-hmm. at the time. Um, but it was a, a format that was made to be as real as possible, and people yeah. were freaking out. And and the coolest thing is, is like how you were saying it's a show, and mm-hmm. you know they only said it once in the beginning, like this is a dramatization, this is a show, this is fake, it's not happening. But you know, so people might be at work or, or doing something, and people would like see them and like, hey, are you listening to this radio? So they'll tune in like, you know, 10, 30 minutes in, not even know what's going on. And they hear this news coverage, quote unquote, and they're like, oh my God, (laughs) there's aliens going on. And like widespread panic, moral panics and all that. Um, And it was so cool. And I I don't know, did you hear about um, the Independence Day, that movie? Back in 99 or 98 when it came out, they did kind of the same kind of thing, like War of the Worlds, but it was like a television news broadcast. Really? They did the same thing in the beginning where it was... Probably like promotion for the movie. Yeah, it was promotion for the movie, but okay. they did the beginning like, hey, there's a dramatization and stuff, and the same thing happened. <laughs> the same thing happened. I mean, people were calling the police, people were calling the police saying, what is going on? Like, are we in trouble? And then, you know, the police might freak out a little bit because they don't. They might not know what's going on. Yeah. They actually found out. And yeah. I would really encourage you guys to look this up. It's about half hour, half hour long, and you can find it on YouTube, and it's... It, they do a good job. Wow, and, and, I, you know, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, I had never heard of that. I'll, I'll definitely have to check that out. It's really cool. We actually talked about it in a class this semester, so that's how I kind of know about it. Because okay. we're talking about moral panics. And, oh yeah. And when it comes to that kind of thing, people flip their crap. Yeah, because <laughs> they're just like <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and then the more it spreads, you know, it, it just people get kind of whipped up into a lather <laughs> yeah. about things. And it, it just it. It's almost exponential in how people panic and, you know, it stuff spreads like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to the next uh, next big thing in radio. Um, we got the Winston Churchill's uh, wartime speeches um, through from 1940 to 41. Uh, Winston Churchill 
uh, as any leader would do, would you know have a lot of inspirational speeches, that sort of thing. And these they were broadcasted over the airwaves, and uh, it's pretty interesting. They they served as a pretty big inspiration to uh, British as well as other uh, resistance, mm-hmm. whether it's individual groups or it was just uh, citizen morale of the citizens or you even know, the soldiers. Well, yeah. yeah, I was just about to say military. Mm-hmm. Um, which is that's that's pretty interesting, and the, the the basis of these speeches, that's what it was for. Almost is a, it was more of a, a rally kind of mm-hmm. kind of deal, and you know to get people on the same page, get people, uh, uh, I don't not excited, but um, more like build resilience, knowing right. we will make it through this. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's and you know the most his most famous speech yeah, that he's really known for throughout these wartime speeches are the. Uh, we shall fight on the beaches. Mm-hmm. Um, Pretty much just sticking it to the man. Yeah. And I yeah, think that's like, where he started coining the term, keep calm and carry on. Yeah. Um, that we see on shirts, mugs, everywhere today. But really it was coined in World War II, talking about how the British will withstand the bombings that the Germans were doing on London and all mm-hmm. that. So Yeah, I mean, it's it was just about, you know, you got to buckle up, go out there and fight and come home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's cool. All right, what's next on the list? All right, buddy. Moving on, we got MLK's I Have a Dream speech broadcasted over the radio. This is, I can't even tell you how influential this has been for Mm -hmm. radio, um, bringing in pretty much the peak of American civil rights movement. Um, Mm -hmm. And and obviously it was broadcast from a rally in front of um, Lincoln Memorial for the Jobs and Freedom uh, March on Washington. Mm -hmm. And I know you went to... Oh, uh, D.C. this past summer, right? Yeah, I was um, actually twice in the past year. Okay, yeah. Yep. So tell us about what your experience was when you walked in front of the um, Lincoln Memorial because they have footprints right there where Martin Luther King stood. Yeah, um, it was it was pretty awesome the, uh, to be to look and there's obviously you know being in the summer and trips there's a lot of people there and you kind of get the feeling of maybe what it would have been um, at that time period you know all the people packed there and it was a different atmosphere of course mm-hmm. um and you know just it's also you know gigantic yeah you know it's huge and that's uh, without being there you, you there's you just can't have as great of an appreciation mm-hmm. for it and i mean it was shoulder to shoulder standing room only when he was talking oh yeah everything was filled oh yeah which is awesome and i believe he gave it in 1963 mm-hmm. um i mean you have everyone live there standing watching and then you have countless americans listening on the radio as well as it was broadcasted yeah. so and it was it was on television as well yeah wasn't it yeah 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 i believe so because that's how they get all the famous images and all the oh, good yeah, stuff of him up there yeah. um but like when it comes to america coming together in, in, in a certain radio broadcast i feel like that really signifies it all especially with like how quiet it was when he was talking mm-hmm. and then in between you know people would um cheer and all that stuff mm-hmm. but I yeah, feel I mean, like there wasn't the the hooligans in the background. Mm-hmm. You can hear, uh, you know, disrupting things. I mean, it was you hear a pin drop. Yeah, yeah, and I th- I think it was so influential in the way that people connected with Martin Luther King on a on a separate level, with that kind of um, speech given over the radio like that. Right. So yeah, that's cool. All right. So moving on. We, I guess you got the stinker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have that great one, and I've got. <laughs> Uh, Hitler's declaration of war on Poland. <laughs> what what a what a uh... broadcasted over radio. Um, it's this is actually pretty interesting. The English translator um, had was interrupted twice during the intermission it, or intermission during the broadcast. 
gosh, um, for breaking news about France and England both having summoned emergency cancel emergency <laughs> council. Golly, um, and so I mean that that kind of shows you how real time everything was too. I mean it's you know it, you know prior to this sort of technology, okay, you might not find out that. Germany declared war for weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, it, yeah. it's got to go through mail or s- somehow it's got to. So it's gotta extra, be, extra. Read all about it. Yeah, it's got to be word of mouth or written. You know, delivered that sort of thing. Um, and so I mean, mid speech as the the translators trying to get it translated to English, there's breaking news in mm-hmm. uh, that the uh, Allied countries are already not only heard about it, but they're reacting to it. To World War II beginning. Yeah. Because that's where it all began with the right. invasion of Poland. Right. Um, um, so I thought that's pretty interesting how it, you know, it, an immense uh, impact on the speed of transmission. Yeah. Um, which yeah. is huge. I mean, I know you and I n- would never, ever support Hitler and all that <laughs> stuff. But, I mean, when you when you look at it and think about it, that guy, what he did to Germany to, like, turn it around from World War One and bring the people together... Obviously, it was like propaganda and and things to really twist the minds of the people. Yeah, but I mean, uh, how how often in history have you ever seen something like that actually happen? Yeah, I mean, it was huge. Yeah. Um. It, it, he and he did it. It it you know it wasn't you know the like a a, a fascist takeover like uh, you know Cuba or anything like that where it's just they swoop in overnight or something like mm-hmm. that and you know like you know you're either with me or you're dead. Yeah. Um. And it's interesting because, you know, people, you know, were you're supportive of it. And it was natural, you know, not totally overlooking any moral value, anything like that. And just looking at straight leadership skills. I mean, yeah. that was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the impact of, you know, that over time, you know, well, talking about radio, yep. you know, that was huge. Um, so Cool. All right. So we'll move it on. All right, um, got another good one. <laughs> so now we're talking about Mahatma Gandhi. Um, his his uh, speech, "Soldier of Peace," back in 1931, it promoted his idea of. Um, uh, I know we we looked this up. Satyagraha. Sat Satyagraha, um, and the change through mass civil disobedience, which is more of peaceful protesting mm-hmm. um, and just disobeying orders or or going against society's norms to prove a point or yeah. uh, make a movement. So his um, speech speech soldier of peace in 1931 was influential over the radio just much like fireside chats um churchill speeches and all that in the same way of connecting with people um spreading ideals same like mlk yeah so it was just you know it's just the same idea different person different mm-hmm. you know uh region yeah um and it's just so interesting how times have changed where now tv is where all these influential things happen but now I feel like when big news comes, it's so diluted in the way that 24-hour news coverage, you know, you hear about it for 15 hours and they move on to another big story. But when it was radio, that's the only thing that's on the radio. That's what people yeah. hear live. And then it just spreads like wildfire because that's how you get your entertainment. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I mean, how many times do you and I actually sit down and watch a news news coverage? Never. But radio was what it was, yep. and that's why these things are so influential. And you don't hear 1980 somebody was on the radio, blah 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 blah. It was you know it was that kind of thing, right? And and the thing about radio is you can be listening to the radio 
while you're doing other things. Well, TV, well, you so you, it's you can basically be listening to it all day, mm-hmm. really. And so, with television, there's less audible data with you know the visual display, and so it requires more user focus. And so it, you're with that, you can't be focused on all day like radio is you could just be playing in the background and you're picking up on everything tv you know it, you for wh- however long you watch the television you have to be focused on it and um you know you go outside you got to do uh work outside or anything like that and you you can't watch the tv like you could be listening to the radio mm-hmm. all right buddy let's wrap it up and then we'll get into um what we think radio is today all right well we've got uh jfk uh addressing the nation over the Cuban Missile Crisis. Um, and, y- you know, we all know the Cuban Missile Crisis was the United States had the uh, missile base in Turkey, and then the uh, Soviets had uh, established the missile base in Cuba. And it was, you know, the United States was like, hey, this is this is not okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is not okay. You know, get this crap out of here, or, you know, invade cuba yeah um and and the conflict just rose exponentially controversy yeah controversy (laughs) (laughs) can't handle it um it rose exponentially from there um and then this i guess you probably be compared a little bit to the uh fireside chats where it was was at a time of crisis um the it was a way for jfk to address the public and you know just lay it down be like this is what's going on um this is what you need to worry about this is what you don't need to worry about um and this was obviously it was obviously telecast as mm-hmm. well um but it was, it's the, the same idea to where it's just a way to you know you, you don't have to assemble you know people for a speech you don't you know this yeah. sort of thing is you know just throwing it out there um for the public in an informal manner they can get it right in their homes um, and they can get the information that they need about what they need to worry about. Yeah. Um, and what, what is interesting when, when we think about the fireside chats and JFK's speech talking about um, the Cuban Missile Crisis, I feel like when it comes to radio and, and the president's addressing the nation, the government is a lot more transparent in that kind of way. What he was like, he laid out his plan, what's going to happen, and, and if that doesn't happen, then there's going to be consequences for everyone else. Right. And like, by no means do I think government has ever been transparent enough to where it should be. <laughs> and sometimes that's good. Sometimes there's things that we just should not know about. But I think when it comes to radio and how JFK and, and other um, presidents have been transparent about certain situations, I think it's helped the American population to understand and, you know, support them in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah. Awesome. So... We've talked a little bit, you know, intermittent of, of the influential times and, and the people throughout radio. We talked a little about, about how radio has changed. Mm-hmm. And now, because you and I have kind of grown up in, in, a, in an area of we like radio, we have a connection to it, personal connection to it, really. Um, and we've seen it change. We don't listen to radio the same way as we used to. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, we can even talk about how we're doing now with podcasts. So let's talk a little bit about how radio has changed and kind of the two separate things of podcasts and live radio and how we interact with it now and maybe where it is in the future. Mm-hmm. Who knows? So what do well, you think? Radio, it's, it, it's still, it's still popular. It's still, you know, hugely popular, um, area of media and it's, it's fallen off considerably, especially with 
internet mm-hmm. um, users. I mean, it you know kind of fell off a little bit. Obviously, there's a, with television, there's a whole new media thing out here. Well, internet was huge with that. Um, not only could you get the same whether if it's just news type stuff, um, you can look it up ten times faster. You don't have yeah. to wait for the news cycle to come all the way around. You could find. Uh, news sources and read entire articles instead of just hearing headlines, that sort of thing. Um, and so that they still do that. When I turn on the radio, they still have the news and that sort of thing. But I've noticed that I kind of, I kind of tune it out a little bit. Yeah. Just because rather than waiting through the whole news stuff and depending on if it's like local news that I don't care about, especially the AM. I mean, you get that from. Uh, I used to listen to Minnesota. 1150 Minnesota okay. stations. And so if it's local kind of stuff, like I don't care. <laughs> yeah. That, that's <laughs> So, you know, you, you tune it out and you can, with a, a newer technology, you can focus on more relevant stuff to your own life easier. And so it's kind of a change. I mean, it's still there, but I just, I, I don't see it as being utilized as much as it really ever has. Yeah. I um, totally, I totally agree and, with you. And Another the internet it kind of ties into it a little bit as well because a lot of these radio show hosts they've kind of embraced the internet and not only do they have their show available both live and in podcast form it's just you know a recorded version of the show but they do uh, they look at social media during the show they take uh, caller questions or caller comments mm-hmm. or they read news stories a lot of them they'll find news stories during the show yeah um and so they're kind of in, embracing it and it's oh just they're using internet along with the radio to further the connection with the audience it's because it's kind of opens up a two-way rather than being one directional information broadcasted in and that's all you got you there's feedback from the audience a little bit more which um that kind of changed that that was kind of huge yeah and even live time like live feedback like you were saying look at these social media you know mentions and all yeah. this other stuff which is cool mm-hmm. um and that kind of you mentioned podcasts a little bit how both radio is kind of drifting into podcasts they're kind of one of the same thing but a little bit different in the mm-hmm. way that when we think about talk radio obviously there's always npr things like that that people always get attracted to but what's really cool about podcasts and kind of what we've gotten into it is the basis of hobbyism where anybody mm-hmm. can really do it if they have a great idea and instead of just like a certain radio station that could you know have multiple topics throughout the hours podcasts are a very small niche that people can attract to and say i feel like listening to this episode today like for you and i we like the retro pop culture stuff yeah young nostalgia we've listened to beyond the darkness paranormal activity that kind of thing yeah they do the crime stuff and all kinds yeah. of things yeah and i think podcasts help radio out in a way that they could fill that niche that people could really attract to mm-hmm. but then you can also listen to the episode not noon to three but one thirty to 2 on a Wednesday when it came out on Monday. Yeah. And, and that's can, really You can stream it. You can download it and take it with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that's kind of really how it got started. It, you know, it, wasn't ju- it didn't just arise as the separate entity. It started as someone's like, hey, we should make our radio show available to the public um, on the internet. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of... That's where I think it got started. That's when I started hearing about podcasts. That's all it was, was radio shows that Mm -hmm. you either go, that was the early days of, you know, 
the iTunes podcast stuff. Yeah, and, and there, this was like even, 2005. I mean, podcasts really aren't that no, not that old in, in retrospect. It's been exploding. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, podcasts are huge now, and it's been kind of huge in the last couple of years because it's I've made uh, I've just noticed huge additions of people that they you know they talk about podcasts mm-hmm. normally it was you know people didn't listen to the radio so much especially people i knew younger generation they didn't listen to the radio and of course they're not listening to podcasts yeah. because it's just the radio show well, now <laughs> you hear people all the time talking about podcasts um that that's what they listen to when they're at work or doing schoolwork or anything like that mm-hmm. and so it's kind of opened up for a broader range of listeners yeah and even a broader range of people bringing the content to people. I mean, you and I are just two ordinary young guys talking about what we care about, and right. podcasts allow us to use that medium of radio, mm-hmm. quote-unquote, to bring it to people that might share the same ideals or share the same hobbies or things that we really like, mm-hmm. and they can share it with us, which is which brings us all the way back to the beginning and how we're going to end the show is how radio has been able to connect with people on such a personal level and emotional level that, you know, maybe mainstream media might not be able to touch anymore, like social media and mm-hmm. television. You don't get that same connection just, as, as as voice and ideas. It's such a muddied mess of nonsense mixed in there, too, mm-hmm. and radio is... It, it's, it's, so, it's so simplified. Yeah. It allows well, you to really... You're not looking at a TV screen that has three different scrolling banners, a two different talking heads, and... You, you the radio it's one word at a time mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> you know? that's, yeah that's true <laughs> it's it's one input at a time you don't have to you know worry about finding the relevant information yeah. it's brought to you so yeah well that's um episode number seven for young nostalgia for you guys and, and it, we really want this to um i mean throughout the shows ben and i have even taken a couple steps back and, and reflected on what these really mean to us today um and and i hope these kind of episodes especially like you know, radio from then till now really lets you guys appreciate what radio has brought for us and done for just people in general, bringing us together, giving out ideas and things like that. And, and you know what, jump into a podcast you never heard of before and really connect with somebody that might enjoy. What's the worst that's going to happen. Yeah. Just turn it off. (laughs) Just slide it over and push delete. So, um, (laughs) anyway, so thank you guys so much. And we can't emphasize enough. Please rate, subscribe and share. It really means a lot for the show. Really means a lot for Ben and I. And like we said, we want this show just to be just about as much as for you guys as it is for us. Mm -hmm. So we want you to be a part of the show and help us grow. Um, and, and you grow with us. So, Please rate us on iTunes, Google Play, follow us and comment and rate us on Podbean as well. That's youngnostalgia.podbean.com. You can also find it on your Podbean app if you feel free to download it. Um, Other than that, I guess that's pretty much all we got. But heading into the next couple of episodes, we almost wanted to do radio as a two-part show. Give or take, we're trying to get a guest on the show. We'll see how it goes. But we'd like to have Ian Punnett, a syndicated radio host on Coast to Coast AM, which Ben and I have been... um, it was super in- influenced by by mm-hmm. the same guys from Beyond the Darkness came from coast to coast, and so we'd like to have Ian on talk about his um, ideals in radio and how he got started, what radio means to him, mm-hmm. and where he thinks it's going to go in the future. Because he was huge for us to try and get this podcast up and running as well. Yeah, he was huge, and I remember him. I, I 
enjoy listening to Coast to Coast a lot, and I believe I can't remember. I believe he had his own show, mm-hmm. um, and I can't remember. I've lost the name of it, but um, that's where I know him from, and you let him in the communication department. So that'd yep. be huge to have him on the show. Yeah. So that's our plan. Um, well, if, if it doesn't happen on episode eight, expect for it to happen sometime down the line. If that doesn't happen, we have another one lined up. It's TV through the years. So just like you heard today about radio, we're going to do something about television. Um, we kind of bashed television a little bit, but there's been a lot of influential mo- moments that have happened on mm-hmm. television that is monumental in the way of communicating um and, and and what brought us here today as well so we'll talk about that um other than that please rate subscribe and share check us out on facebook and twitter you'll find our accounts and the links on our podbean page as well um trying to think if there's anything else we could talk about well we want to just give a small little shout out not a shout out but a small little um thing about i'll be moving to nebraska in the next coming week and so ben and i are going to be separated a little bit so if there's a lull in episodes coming out that's what's going to happen we'll update you on our social media accounts but we do plan on continuing if anything happens please feel free to go back and listen to any other episodes that you missed but we do plan to go back and bring back young nostalgia if there's a lull in the next coming weeks hopefully it won't be too bad but we we might just have to take a little bit of time and you know get our act together um personally and then we'll have to uh, work out bugs uh, mm-hmm. doing the podcast you know across the country yep and equipment <laughs> and all that good stuff too so anyway thanks so much for tuning in supporting us here on young nostalgia i'm nolan and i'm part of ben thanks so much for joining us and as always well i'm going to channel a little winston churchill here it's uh keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full take care everybody <laughs>